If you grew up in the 1990s, you may remember cardstock illustrations of spooky and witchy Halloween ephemera adorning your classroom bulletin board, your neighbor's windows, or maybe even somewhere inside your very own home. These decorations are the topic of our episode, the iconic Halloween decorations of the Bystil Company. Tonight, we look back at their origin story and remember the decorations that made Halloween night 1994 so very special. When black cats howl and monsters roar, it's Halloween night 1994. Pumpkins, spiderwebs, garlands of fall leaves, a doormat that says, which please. How about a front yard full of styrofoam tombstones, expertly painted and weathered to look like aged stone covered in moss? Or a porch adorned with jack-o'-lanterns illuminating perfectly in time to spooky music? For some... The imagination knows no bounds when it comes to Halloween decorations. And I love to see it. But I also love the more simple decorations, too. The kind I grew up with, that I saw on Halloween night 1994. Or actually, the kind I saw at any point in the month of October during the 90s. And as I mentioned at the start of this episode... There was a specific type of Halloween decoration that seemed to be everywhere in the 1990s. Or everywhere a child in the 1990s would be hanging out. And those are the Halloween decorations from the Bystil Company. The Bystil Company has been around for over a hundred years, and has been making Halloween decorations for just about that long. The specific decorations I recall were a set of illustrated Halloween figures in a color palette of orange and black and yellow and a hint of green. I first saw them in my own house, part of my family's Halloween decorations, and these figures were a jack-o'-lantern, a witch, an owl, and a cat. Classic Halloween, right? Though these illustrated decorations were a far cry from the gory or deeply frightening decorations that Halloween continues to inspire today, looking at them now, they actually feel a bit more eerie than I had remembered. First, the witch. She's drawn in profile, so you can see her large chin and large nose, complete with a wart, of course. She has a classic black conical witch's hat over her stringy hair, and she's framed by a yellow moon halo. But what strikes me most about her is her expression. She's looking upwards with this large grin on her face. 
She's not really scary, but she's not exactly friendly looking either. The jack-o'-lantern looks like one you'd find sitting atop a scarecrow. He's wearing a yellow straw hat and a patterned scarf. His eyes and nose are carved in the triangular shapes you'd expect, but his mouth, a smile with two upper teeth, is unique. The two sides and bottom come to points, like the fin of a retro car from the 50s. His whole head is cocked a bit to the side, making me wonder what he's hiding. In his mouth, a casual piece of wheat. I can almost hear him whistling across a dry, empty field. The cat is not your typical Halloween depiction of one raising its hackles. He's not screaming or bearing claws. Instead, he's dressed in a top hat with a big polka dot bow tie. And he's got a monocle. This is some fancy cat, and it really makes me wonder, how did he get these things? He's just a cat. He also has a big grin on his face, like his witch and jack-o'-lantern friends. I mean, what's going on here? But most unsettling of all, Probably the figure I looked at the least growing up is the owl. He's sitting on a branch, wings tucked into his sides, peering out with these huge eyes and an almost devilish furrowed brow. Like the witch, he's also framed by a large full moon behind him. I think I ignored this one because he looks the most menacing. Like he's looking down on us all from his perch high in a Halloween tree. If you are just dying to see what these look like in more detail, I've posted photos on the Halloween Night 1994 Instagram account. You know, growing up, I thought these were just some random decorations my mom bought at Drug Barn, the local drugstore. What I didn't realize is that they were actually part of a rich tapestry of Halloween history in the U.S., the story of the Bystool Company. If you listened in to the last episode of Halloween Night 1994, all about trick-or-treating, You'll recall how early Halloween in America really centered around the Halloween party. And we can thank the Bystool Company for playing a part in the popularization of the Halloween party. Bystool is an American company, founded in 1900 when, as the story goes, calendar salesman Martin Luther Bystool was chatting with some clients at a hotel. The conversation led to the plants in the hotel lobby and the fact that they needed water. Beistel had recently been on a trip to Germany where he was inspired by the honeycomb technique of paper crafting. And something clicked. What if plants could be crafted out of this honeycombed paper, plants that wouldn't require watering? And so the Beistel company was born. In the 1920s, Beistel partnered with the Paper Novelty Company to create Halloween-themed paper products, and later, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Valentine's Day-themed products too. But they were perhaps best known for those Halloween sets. 
The inexpensiveness and ease of purchasing these paper decorations helped to popularize Halloween decorations throughout the U.S. What kind of decorations are we talking about? Well, throughout the years, Bystil has created many types of paper goods. Place cards, invitations, garland banners, honeycombed centerpieces, fortune tellers, hats, lanterns with crepe paper lining. If you can't quite bring to mind the honeycomb paper technique, well, I'm here to help. I remember seeing a lot of Thanksgiving turkeys in this style, where the body of the turkey was made of the honeycomb tissue paper in a half-sphere shape, and the tail feathers and the neck and head were all like thicker cardstock. Or maybe you remember honeycomb tissue paper bells. Does that ring a bell? Anyway, don't worry. There's a photo on the Instagram account. Most of the Bystol Halloween decorations throughout their history were created in the classic orange and black Halloween color scheme. But maybe a hint warmer than you'd initially think, like a fall veil over these two colors. And this made me wonder, why are orange and black the colors most often associated with Halloween? Turns out that orange and black, in Halloween lore, can be seen as opposites. Orange represents the harvest season. Think pumpkins, fall leaves, warmth, essentially the vibrance and life of the season. Black, on the other hand, is the color of nighttime, the absence of light, and the color most associated with death. As the colors of the holiday suggest, Halloween and the fall season are kind of synonymous, especially where I grew up in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, in theory, Halloween and fall are synonymous where I grew up in Northern California, because there, there are really only two seasons, summer and winter. Winter growing up was overcast, cool and often rainy. Summer was warm and sunny. In between those seasons, you could say were spring and fall, but not like the spring or fall that I had seen in movies. And I longed for movie fall, red and orange leaves rustling and eventually falling to the ground, woolly scarves in the crisp air, the glow of a crackling fireplace as the sun set earlier and earlier each night. But the lack of a real fall meant that the decorations I saw popping up, like bystill decorations, were my first sign that Halloween was approaching. My cue that we were shifting from the sunny stage of summer to those darker days of winter. But there was another shift that a 90s Halloween ushered in, even if only for one night. The temporary passage from childhood to adulthood. I mean, I was confronted with scary decorations, reminders of death were everywhere. I was even allowed to wear lipstick with my witch costume. Halloween was this time to dress like an adult and contemplate scary things in a safe way. Kind of like how those four bystel illustrations were caught in the space between fun and a little frightening. Today, though, Halloween is all fun for me. 
except for a few horror movies here and there. I suppose this is because, as an adult, the real scary things are happening all the time, every day. Halloween is now my opportunity to remember what it's like to be a kid, even if only for one night. And one last thing. While researching for this episode, I came across a book, an entire catalog really, dedicated to the Halloween decorated collectibles of the Bystool Company. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't address something that I came across while flipping through this. It was a set of cats depicted in a racist stereotype, dated to the year 1941. America's history is filled with examples of injustice, racism, and a lot of culturally insensitive ideas. And sadly, the American Halloween holiday is no stranger to these examples either. Seeing that on the page, amidst the bats and pumpkins, reminded me that this holiday, filled with nostalgic and feel-good memories for me, can be a real reminder of discomfort and pain, or even be a downright dangerous situation for others. It felt wrong for me to not mention what I saw in favor of a rosier outlook of Halloween. As we've talked about on the show, Halloween is constantly changing and evolving with the culture around it. Let's do our part to keep moving it in the right direction, away from anything that's insensitive, appropriative, or harmful. And as always, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate the podcast and write me a review. Tell me about the best Halloween decorations you've seen. Or share this podcast with a friend. Follow Halloween Night 1994 on Instagram at Halloween Night 1994 and on Twitter at HNight1994. You'll find photos of the Bystil Halloween decorations on both platforms. Thank you.